Extraordinary stories from across Scottish football communities. This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. I'm your host Callum Woodger. Now, each round of the competition we're going to bring you some of the best stories from Scottish football communities and the tie of the round is Spartans v Rangers B. We'll chat about the game and bring you powerful stories including how the Spartans helped Paul Reid change his life. We'll learn about Rangers Team Talk projects which supports fans like Gordon Bell with their mental health. On the pitch we'll also hear from Rangers B co-manager David McCallum, Spartans chairman Craig Graham and Spartans midfielder Sam Jones. But first I spoke to SPFL Trust CEO Nicky Reid to get the lowdown on what exactly it is the SPFL Trust do and to learn more about the football powered strategy after which this podcast takes its name. The SPFL Trust is a charity associated with the SPFL. Um, Independent has its own board of trustees. Um, But what we do is we work with the community departments and and more so now the associated community trusts um, of those clubs. And ultimately, our aim is to help improve the lives of people across Scotland. And to do that, we have this unique vehicle that is football in Scotland um, and 42 fantastic clubs and their associated charities who are just as committed to that as we are. So, um, effectively we work across all of them we help to do capacity building we help to tell the stories of what goes on around the country and we help to secure funding so that we can um, deliver programs across the country that really do help improve people's lives in, in many different ways um, and it's something we're hugely proud of and it's great to be able to share that today on the football power podcast Yeah, like you mentioned, we've launched this podcast to try and share some of those stories and it's all geared around the new strategy that the SPFL Trust has for the next three years from 2022 to 2025 called Football Powered. The aim of that is to help people live happier, healthier and longer lives. Um, A lot of this podcast will probably focus on what football can do to sort of achieve that via tackling things like poverty, people's mental health, not eradicating the problems but doing what football can do to sort of battle it and, and, and have its impact what what, is, what are the strengths of football would you say in tackling things like mental health or making a contribution to reducing the risks of poverty in Scotland so I suppose it's, there's there's a few different um, factors that, that make it a really exciting opportunity and sort of vehicle to try and deliver um, some of these outcomes whether it's sort of physical health mental health employability and so I guess first of all like you know, the fact we even have a podcast to discuss this today and that people will listen to that is because football plays such a unique role in Scottish society. It is absolutely our national sport. It starts conversations. Sometimes it can end conversations, um, but it's something that we're hugely passionate about. And it's that unique um, place that football has that allows us to reach people who otherwise might not want to get involved in certain things, whether that's visiting their GP surgery, you know, going to the job centre, um, doing some of the things that you know otherwise might prove more challenging. But to do that in a football environment with the support of your local club at your local stadium makes that much more appealing and accessible to people. So I think that, you know, there's something about that which is really unique. And so that's just one of the ways in which football can play a role, I guess. The other element is that our football clubs are absolutely based in the heart of their communities and they know their communities and they understand those communities. And so they are like really important 
spaces and places where change can happen and you know if you partner that with the fact that people want to go there um as i mentioned earlier on then if you understand what your community needs then that's a really inspiring place to go to try and um leverage some of that change um so i think it's just about understanding that as a vehicle and bringing people in and 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 having those conversations and football are really good at looking out you know in more recent times whether that's around physical health and obesity or mental health and we talk much more and I think because football is talking more within the sport um, it makes it even easier for people to come in off their own back and talk about some of the challenges that they're facing because you know let's face it um our best footballers and managers in the world are people too and and we all struggle Mm -hmm. so um I think that that as well um has meant that you know, football, particularly in Scotland, is just so well-placed to look at how we can help improve lives. There's no better example of football power than our guest today. I'm joined by volunteer Paul Reid and para-football development officer Gary Betts from Spartans, along with Rangers Charity Foundation's Jordan Boyd and Team Talk participant Gordon Bell. Let's start by hearing a little bit of Paul's story. Without Spartans, I'm lost. I literally, sometimes I am lost. When I come here, it's, it's, I leave my stuff at the gate. That's what it's about. It's about coming here, leaving your stuff at the gate, and getting home. It's that's what I like about it. Because this is like your me bubble, your me world. I've been, I went to a special school myself. I, I've got disabilities. What I like about Spartans, it gives you that opportunity to grow, and it, it gives other players and other individuals a chance to show that they've they've got something there for people. Yeah, Paul's super. Paul's a really good volunteer. He's came through, he started out as a player, he's now a coach, he's done his coaching badges. He helps out on, at the, on match day with the men's team here and the women's teams when they play on Sundays. He's far more, he's very outgoing. It's been a, a fantastic journey for him. We're a fully inclusive club. Anybody with a disability, it could be physical disability, mental health problems, um, learning disability. We'll accept anybody um, to come along to our training session. It's not just a, a club, it's not just a football team, it's a family, it's like they're all here for you, it's like you come along, they get involved, you get involved and they get to know you, they, you get to know them. And that's what, is, that's what I like about this place, it's welcoming, it's, you're, you're welcome to come and you don't get picked on or you don't get left duty stuff, you get involved in everything. There we go. There's Paul's story there, and we've got Paul on the line now. Um, how are you thinking that sounded, mate? After our chat on Friday, are you surprised how good that sounded. Nah, I'm actually what sounded on the But uh, on a serious note, though, I mean, you, you talked very powerfully on Friday about your your journey. Could you just maybe take it, you know, take us through it again a little bit about, particularly about where you were before? I mean, when when you were talking what nine, ten years ago now, twenty thirteen, when you you first decided to come to Spartans, you were at maybe quite a low ebb at, at that time. There was there was nothing for me. I was in the house doing nothing. I had nothing. Basically, with my disabilities and stuff like that, I had. There was nothing to do. And then, as I said, my brother-in-law said, come along to Spartans, we've got a disability team set up. And then, look at the journey I've been on. Ever since then, I'm player coach now. I'm a manager of one of the teams. I'm, I've grown in stature. Of, it's just an unbelievable journey. Thanks to Spartans and thanks to Grim. You got your kids along as well. Yep, We've got the boys the along boys now. Started now eh? Yeah, and like you know, we, we talk quite literally there. You've got your, you've got two of your of your three sons are coming down to, to Ainsley Park to get involved in various programs. But 
you know, it's quite literally a family affair for you, but you, you, a wee line that stuck out to me in the in the video was that you feel like Spartans is a family, like it's an extension of your own family, and that's the kind of atmosphere that greets you when you come through the doors at Ainsley Park. Definitely is. When you come to Spartans, it's not just, like I say to you, it's not just about a stadium, it's not just about a ground, it's not just about where you go. It's a family welcome place to come to. You're welcome, you're, everybody's good to you, they're all kind to you. You feel amazing here. It's just unbelievable at Spartans. Just wondering if I could bring you in now, Gary, as well, to chat a little bit about this, where we're talking about people being welcome to come in and stuff. It's it's almost like Spartans is like a beacon for the community in many ways that, you know, there's there's so many options, not just para football at the club, but obviously as the para football development officer, that's something you're very passionate about. You, you kind of get involved in coach and play yourself. But if people did want to come down to... Um, Spartans to get involved what would be the best way for them to go about it and what kind of stuff have you got on offer quite a lot of teams haven't you well for the we're talking just about the para football side we train every Thursday uh, two sessions one in the morning one in the evening uh, the best way to do is, is get in touch with me when someone does come down to to kind of engage with the para football programme what kind of stuff can they expect to get involved with I mean is it did the balls come out straight away does what come out, sorry? <laughs> Did the footballs come out straight away when you come down? Uh, no, no, no. So, first of all, we'll, we'll give them a quick uh, tour around so they know, like, they get comfortable with the facility. So, we take them into the show where the changing rooms are. Then we go out and we show them. We get them um, along to watch a bit of the football first so they see what's gonna, what they can expect. So, and we... Uh, our subs are five pounds a month, but the first month is free. So if somebody doesn't like it after a month, they know whether to come back or not. Well, so, so, so they'll come to the training session. They'll train with the guys. They'll play a game at the end, and pl- players can either come to play in one of our teams. We've got six teams in the SFA National Pan Para Leagues, or some players just come to train and for the social side of the things. We have social events as well. Yeah, Paul, I know that was a big thing for you when you first came down was the, the social side of it and having that place to go and meet like-minded people who have maybe been on a similar journey to yourself and now you find yourself in a position where you're actually coaching one of the teams. Yep, it's, it's been an unbelievable journey for me even to get that opportunity, which you, which I didn't even think I would have that opportunity, but it's came along and I've took it. It's unbelievable to even be recognised to get that chance. Yep, um, and just moving on now, we'll have a little um, discussion um, about about Rangers. Uh, thanks for sharing your story, by the way, Paul. It's fantastic. Um, but just looking ahead on it at Rangers, and there's some there's some crossover here when we're talking about things like mental health and 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 and, and the programs that are being delivered here. We've got the the team talk program, um, Jordan, which which Gordon was a a part of. Totally not confusing that, is it, Jordan and Gordon? I've been doing it all week, tripping myself up. But um, could you just tell us a little bit about the team talk? project um jordan and and what that tries to deliver for for people that are involved yeah just like to say thanks to paul for sharing his story there it was really good to hear what's happening at some of the other clubs as well so it's it's brilliant to see the some of the opportunities that are available at spartans uh, we've got really similar kind of ideas of what we're delivering here as well we're autism friendly football visual impaired football uh, so it's great to see that that's happening in other places as well team talks a little bit different it's our mental well-being kind of flagship project uh, We'd been looking to kind of launch something in the mental mental well-being area for a, a few years, uh, but we'd done a lot of work in the background to make sure we had the right expertise in place and that, that we knew what we were doing and that we were offering people the correct support and support that they really needed and was valued. Uh, we didn't want to just start up a project and then uh, 
put ourselves in a position where we're dealing with vulnerable people and we don't know uh, how best to do that. So we put a lot of time and effort into developing the project and we launched it last year. Uh, during the kind of COVID time, there was obviously a real need uh, for this sort of project. That uh, You see some of the, the kind of stuff going around about mental well-being at the moment, uh, the, the suicide rates in adult males especially is uh, really concerning. So we looked to see what we could do to kind of make an impact on that. We launched Team Talk as a, a Teams call on a Wednesday evening for six to eight. Uh, just opened it up to Rangers uh, Rangers fans who, who were interested, who are maybe struggling, having a bit of a, a downtime, could have been stuff on something through depression, anxiety, just feeling a wee bit low and, and wanted people to talk to. Uh, we opened up, started a chat, and it's, it's just kind of grew from there. So it's it's been really positive. Uh, and we've kind of built that in, so now we're de developing kind of 12 week projects that we work with guys with uh, to try and kind of build up their skills, their resilience, and their, their kind of social network as well. Uh, and we're hopefully going to launch in the next couple of weeks a kind of team talk football sessions where guys can come along, do a wee bit of physical activity, and play some football as well. So it's been really positive for us so far. Yeah, terrific. I think that that link between the physical and the mental can be can be so undervalued sometimes I think it's can make a big difference to people when they get out there and actually get involved and obviously you would have had your limitations with Covid at the time of what you could do but um, it's clearly a terrific programme because we've got Gordon on the show today to talk a little bit um, through his story and, and for you Gordon we've had a wee chat on the phone before this um, your story sort of started with just a, a bad day took you to that point where you felt like you needed to reach out for help and you, you, you were kind of directed towards Rangers by someone on Twitter or some, some fellow fans on Twitter which again kind of shows you what the football community is like even if you don't know people they'll direct you in the right way but I was just wondering if Gordon if you could just kind of talk us through your story a wee bit from from your start point to to where you are now and and, and what Rangers and being involved in Team Talk has done for you. Absolutely um, and I'll just echo what Jordan said about Paul and, and Gary and the, the work that's been done at, at Spartans um, but for me Kind of really, I've had a, a problem with depression on and off for a long number of years, and it really kind of came to head the night Ranger played St. Murray in the League Cup a couple of years ago. I lost in the last minute and just before Christmas 2020. And I'd worked 14 hours that day, watched the game, came off, and I just felt desperate that night. Um, I put a couple of things out on Twitter, a few boys um, reached out and was able to um, to talk to them, which was good. And within, I think, 24 hours, I had seen a note that the Charity Foundation had put on Twitter um, about Team Talk. And I thought, I'll give it a go, sent an email in. And from then, it's, it's gone from strength to strength. I mean, ev virtually every Wednesday since then, um, been on, been days that I've been really struggling um, and the boys have given um, a great support. Jordan, Laura and John who facilitate the call are, have done a terrific job. They just make everybody, certainly made me feel uh, welcome from the very first moment. Um, and we've got four, as Jordan said, who all ranges of the, the kind of scale of depression and mm -hmm. There's, I've been up and down that at various points and obviously over the last 18 months or so for Rangers there's been 
particularly with COVID in the, the year we won the league, um, there was nowhere really to be able to chat about it. So it was obviously far more positive through last season, starting off not necessarily the best, but obviously as as the European run went on, um, that, that gave us something to look forward to as well, culminating with both in Leipzig in the semi-final and in Seville in the final, Rangers having team talk on their jersey, which as much as it proud, pride as I got watching my team walk out in the European final, walking, watching them walk out with team talk on their jersey gave me more of a feeling of pride because yeah. that was that was us, that was what we, that's what the club are doing for me and people like me. And I think at times it's very difficult when you're at a club this, or you're a supporter of a, a club the size of Rangers, that it's very difficult to get that connection between the club and the support, which obviously, and I'm not one to be in any way dismissive at Spartans, you do have, it's a much smaller club, so there is much, it's much easier to, to foster that identity as a kind of family. Um, but it, it really was a thing of being able to say, well, this is a club or, or being able to buy into what, what what we're trying to do as well. And it's, as I say, we've, there's been lots of challenges we've had through it, people having good days, bad days, but we're all there to support each other. Um, to be able to deal with whether it's losing a job, losing friends, mm-hmm. having issues with substances or various other things that people may or may not have, but being able to support each other and be there for each other, which has been vital, particularly over COVID. Um, and as I say, being able to have that ability to be able to have a chat with folk about the games and about transfers and all that kind of stuff that you would normally do if you were in the pub or just at the games with folk so no it's been terrific Uh, and and thankfully we do have these things and I've I've asked um, Paul the same question about his journey but you know if if this didn't exist if, if Rangers weren't you know the, the the brilliant club they are. If Spartans weren't the brilliant club they are. If the SPFL Trust wasn't a thing, and and these kind of programs weren't out there. I mean, what would you have done? Do you, do you think, Gordon? Do you think this? You know, what? You know, how thankful are you really to have this? You know, opportunity with your own team who you've supported since you were a boy to be able to go and seek a bit of help and and to try and get yourself on a on a road to recovery. With the pressures on the national health service, particularly over the last two years, I. I don't want it to be overly dramatic and say I don't know if I'd be here. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I was in a very, very black place. And just being able to have that feeling that there were people there who had my back and who I hadn't met a lot. I'd never met these guys. Um, but being able to make friends from it and go to B-team games, um, stuff like that over the course of the last year it's, it's been absolutely phenomenal because it just it, it gives me it gives me something to look forward to every week because there's always you knowing that we've got team talking a Wednesday night mm. and being able to have that and um, we've got the my wife now goes oh, 
when she's making plans, oh, it's wet all the way I can because we've got team talk and stuff like that. So it's just something like that, being able to to give that bit of structure as well. It's been, been really important. Gary, I believe you want to come in here and you can sort of add to, to what Gordon's yeah. saying. I hear Gordon. I mean, that's a great, great story there. We're at Spans. We're just saying up. We've just set up a thing. We've, got, we, we've called it open space, where we meet every two weeks. But it sounds a lot like what you're doing. And obviously, you guys over in Rangers have already. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. I'm just wondering if we can get an invite where a couple of our guys can come down one Wednesday night and see what you go, what you guys are doing, or and even then invite you guys over to ours just to. You know, would that be possible? I'm sure Jordan would be more than happy to be able to, to facilitate that. And from our boys' point of view, I don't see there being any issue either. Um, as I say, it's it's everything from yeah. silly football news to how did we play to how are we going to go on in the next round and stuff like that. And yeah. obviously we have tackled some, some serious stuff uh, through that. Not just our own personal, but obviously things like the aftermath of Slavia Prague and, and so on, and being able to have chats with the then manager Stephen Gerrard and just before the Europa League final had a chat with Baron Ramsey, both of which were yep. tremendously helpful as well. Yeah, I think that's something that we could we could definitely facilitate. Uh, it's maybe worth us just kind of coming together and just sharing what, what we deliver on a wider scale first, and then looking yeah. at if it's online team talk anyway at the moment, so... Uh, looking at if we can speak to the guys and they're all comfortable with it, just coming on for half an hour and just kind of seeing how it works. But I think Gordon's done a great job explaining the kind of setup. We do start very football orientated. How's it? How's it been? What we're thinking? How are the signings? Are we excited about the game? Do we think we're going to do well? Who do we like? Who do we think struggling? And then towards the end, it, it becomes a wee bit more serious of it. How, how's everybody been? How's your week been? What's what's been happening? Is there areas you need a wee bit of additional support? And it, that really kind of brings everybody together to kind of just come round basically and say, look, we know that we're having a bad time now and again, but we're here to support you. And it's been, it's been brilliant to see the real camaraderie of the group kind of join together. Uh, something else that we've just recently done at the, the foundation is we've now employed a trauma counsellor full time. So when people do identify as, as really needing that additional support, uh, we can bring them into work in a kind of one to one basis with a trauma counsellor to, to make sure that getting everything in place that can support them as, as well as we possibly can well i say brilliant guys sounds great um and then it's 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 good to see you um having a wee link up there and and, and chatting things over hopefully you can getting be able to meet up and and find some common ground i suppose paul when you listen to gordon's story there you, you maybe find some themes that are similar to things you'd been through with some some of the mental health stuff you was talking about there yeah i'm actually Something for the well, it's something for depression on my way back for depression because it's it's a dark place to go myself and I didn't like it either. But I've got people around me here to support my base as well here at Spartans, which is really good. Before the guys, before people being around me, I would I wouldn't care where I would be. It's it's thanks to the guys for supporting me and talking to me and being there that they're on the other side of the phone, even if it's not during the day at Spartans or. At Spartans, on that day, you can phone them anytime, anytime in day and night. They're there for you. Yeah, brilliant. And that is, that is just the way um, football is and, and community clubs are. And I think um, you've have, you have both brought um, some some terrific examples to the table. And just want to uh, thank you all for, for joining us today and, and sharing your stories, guys. Cheers. 
Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Magic, Callum. Thanks for having us, mate. Cheers. Um, coming up next, uh, we have some football chat with David McCallum from Rangers B. And Craig Graham and Sam Jones from Spartans join us as well. But first, it's time for the halftime highlights, a run-through of some football-powered stories from across the country. Aberdeen FC Community Trust volunteer Dougie is making a big difference when it comes to mental health. The 49-year-old took part in the club's football fans and training programme in 2013, which gave him confidence to train as a coach. Since then, he's delivered 11 courses. Six years ago, he also set up a walking football group, and in 2019, he started up a stake in Salvation Evening for men in need of support. He was a lifeline for many during lockdown, delivering weekly wellbeing calls. At Falkirk, Lee saw a huge change in his life when he was offered a place on Falkirk Foundation's CRT Sports Works programme. They supported him with his physical and mental well-being and access to employment. The 23-year-old now plays an important role in his community, working with active schools and is also a Game on Scotland volunteer. Elsewhere, Celtic FC Foundation have launched their new holiday home project, thanks to previous fundraising initiatives. The funding has supported the foundation to purchase a holiday home at Weems Bay Holiday Park, which will provide free-of-charge breaks to families and individuals who could otherwise not afford one, offering a once-in-a-lifetime experience. In the capital, Hibernian Community Foundation have partnered up with Serenian's Golden Years to launch the Monday Lunch Club, a place for older people in the community to come together and enjoy good food and company. Lastly, Scottish football's biggest mental health programme for men in their middle years, The Changing Room, will be available at over 20 SPFL clubs this coming season. Following on from the success of the programme for men, a pilot project will soon be launching for young women at Big Hearts and also at Hibs. Now on to football, where the tie of the round is Spartans against Rangers B, and we are delighted to be joined by Rangers B co-manager David McCallum. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, not too bad mate, I've also got Spartans chairman Craig Graham here, how are you doing Craig? I'm very well thanks, Calm, delighted to be here. No, delighted to have you on, and we've also got Spartans midfielder Sam Jones joining us on the call, how are you doing Sam? Yep, great, thanks, lovely to be here as well. Good stuff lads, thanks for coming on, obviously this section of the podcast we're now going to go on and chat football, that's why we've got you here. Um, and we are looking at the SPFL Trust Trophy first round. Here are the fixtures, we'll read them through quickly before we get into the crux of the conversation. The matches take place on August 9th and 10th. We've got Broda Rangers against Aberdeen B, Fraserburgh against St Johnston B, Elgin City against Dundee United B, Hibs B against Brecon City, Hearts B against Bucky Thistle, Bonnie Rig Rose against Livingston, Spartans against Rangers, hence why you're all here, Motherwell B against East Kilbride, Albion Rovers against Celtic B, Kilmarnock B against Cowdenbeath, and St Martin B against East Stirling. So that's the full round um, draw, 11 fixtures north and south, but today we're going to be focusing on Spartans against Rangers, which takes place next Tuesday, August 9th, quarter to eight kick-off. Um, David, I'll start with you. You were in this competition last season. You managed to get to the quarter-finals. What are your kind of aspirations and hopes for the competition? How does it, how does it serve Rangers B in terms of what you want to achieve? Well, I think the first thing is we, we won't look too far ahead. Um, we did enjoy the competition last year. The, the opportunity to play against you know senior players is invaluable to our young lads. Uh, I look back in last year's competition with them. I will obviously get to the quarterfinals, but some real good challenges along the way. And obviously we, we, we managed to scrape through one of the rounds given what happened with United. But I think the benefit we got from playing against another top, you know, sort of senior game, sort of senior team is, uh, is massive for us. I think you look at the, the immediate game we've got with, with Spartans, we know how difficult that one's going to be, so our focus will absolutely only be on that one uh, for the immediate future. Yeah, and from your point of view, Craig, just to bring you in as chairman, Spartans went in this competition last season, but joining that for this season, um, how does that sort of serve the club? How, how is this competition? Is it is it good for sort of testing yourself? I know Rangers play in the same league as you, but potentially you could get through to the next round in this game 
played on Barton, who are a, a kind of SPFL team. Is that where the club want to be? Does that help you in your aspirations by playing in this competition? I think there's really two aspects of it. One, it qualifying. So if you take out the B teams in the lower league, the top four teams get into this competition. We missed out last year for the first time in a number of years for last season's tournament. Uh, so therefore, what it does do with our league basically being that the winners of the lower league was in the playoff, it's almost like our equivalent of qualifying for Europe. To get in the top four, get you in this tournament. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's really useful from that perspective. And then secondly, yeah, we've had a couple of good runs. Um, probably most noticeable, went through to play Linfield about three or four weeks after they had played Celtic in the Champions League. So we, we, we hosted them at Ainsley Park. So it's just something a bit different from our day-to-day football. We'd normally give you a chance to pit your wits against the uh, against the league team, but obviously the way the draws form this year, it's, it's one of the other teams in our league. Yeah, Sam, from a playing point of view, your, your chairman sort of touches on it there. It, it gives you a wee bit of, of variety. Is that what players are looking for when you, you come into this competition? You think, oh, there's opportunities to go and play teams you don't usually play, to maybe have a wee trip, albeit logistically, maybe a bit of a nightmare to get to some of these places. You know, we've got Cliftonville in the competition this season. We've got Linfield. We've got the New Saints. We've got Carnarvon Town in Wales. I mean, all these trips, they may not be the most glamorous. It's not like Champions League football, but it's it's something a bit different for you as a player, isn't it, to kind of look forward to if you can get over the hurdles that are in the way before then? Yeah, absolutely. I think Craig's sort of spot on. It almost feels like it's a bit like getting into Europe. And I've personally not played in this competition yet since I, I joined Spartan. So it's one that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. And again, it's the opportunity to potentially play at stadiums. You'll never maybe get the chance to play it again and play against teams and, and really test yourself. Of course, obviously, our, our league campaign is our number one focus, but everyone from the coaches to the fans to the, the community around Spartans, everyone loves a cup run and there's a real buzz around the club when you get far in, in cups as well. So it's, it's a competition we'll absolutely take seriously um, with the potential, obviously, to, to test yourself against some SPFL clubs in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking again at, at, at Rangers, David, I mean, Last season, it was an opportunity for you guys to, to, to play your players, your young players, your, some of your reserve players, guys that maybe aren't getting in that first team that's playing at the highest level. Get them some game time against you know senior pros, really tough places to go. Give them an idea of what football's really like. And I guess that's the, the kind of idea behind B teams and academies is to expose them to as much as you can at an early age. As I said here, it's massive for us. I think the you know the gap that exists between academy football and senior football is massive. It's too big, um, and we believe this this bridge that we are on at the moment has helped massively for the development of the individuals. Now, forget obviously the fact that the you look at the Rangers badge being obviously on the group that we've got, but I think from the individual player development point of view, it's huge. They get to play against senior players who are more seasoned, um, more streetwise, uh, understand that, that that you know. Having possession of the ball doesn't always necessarily get you the outcome you look for at the end of each game. So I think the players benefit hugely mentally within the, these environments. We are, you know, fortunate and, and pleased to be involved in the Lone League program. But as you already touched on here, the, with the, the Trust Cup, it's a varied range of a uh, of of level of opposition you come up against, yeah. depending on how successful you are on those those uh, any given days. So from our point of view, it's huge. We know that our squad has changed also quite a bit from last season. So there's players that have outgrown the B-team environment, they've moved on to the next level, some within the club, some out with. So from those individual development perspectives, then we know how beneficial this type of competition is um, for the individuals within it. Um, as I say, we, we hope to continue to progress, but I'll go back to it again. We know how difficult this game's going to be against Spartans. We had two games against them last season. 
And I really remember the first one against them uh, at Ainsley Park, where I think it was nothing each into the 70, 70 odd minutes. And it took a special goal from Cole McKinnon to, to break the deadlock to, to mm -hmm. get us in the front foot. But Cole's a player that's also moved on from the benefit of what we, we've had in the programme. Cole's always had his time with the first team the early part of this pre-season. He's now moved on and loan to Partick Thistle in the Championship and, and from what I've been told so far, doing very, very well. So we'll look at the amount of individuals that experienced this last season and you see where they are now, what opportunities they're getting. It's massive. It's huge for us. Craig, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about the ambitions of Spartans, myself and uh, Matthew, who's our, our sort of content producer here, who, who does a lot of the videos and, and helping out the podcast today as well. We went down to Ainsley Park on Friday um, and we just saw like this community club that we, we knew was, was there, but it's not when you till you get there you sort of realise that. And I think this competition's really good at, at shining a spotlight on that. I know you're redeveloping the stadium, you've got a lot of community programmes, but what, what are the first team ambitions um, of Spartans? Is it to try and get out of that low and league? Yeah, 100%. That's our objective, you know, so it, it's a tough thing to get out of. Even to win it, you've got teams with quite a bit bigger budgets than us. And then obviously there's a quite a complex playoff process beyond that. So, but our ambition is definitely get out of it. We uh, continue to invest in a number of really good young players. And, you know, we hope that we can be really competitive and at the top of the league. Obviously the B teams can't get promoted, so therefore it, it's, it's down to the other teams to... Yeah. Uh, to, to try and work through, but no, to, uh, you know, that's definitely an objective. We, we believe we have a setup ready to go into the SPFL, both in terms of our, our facilities, but also in terms of what we put back into the community. Yeah, and this competition, I suppose it's because it's sponsored by the SPFL Trust, it's as a community competition, it allows you to sort of shout about that stuff that you do a little bit. And, and you know, earlier in the podcast, we, we heard from um, Gary Betts and, and Paul Reed, who are involved in the para football programme. Um, at, at Spartans and, and they're a good example of why Spartans is such a widely respected community club in Scotland aren't they? Yeah we're, we're very lucky at Spartans we've got guys like Gary and Paul who, who who you know put in so much time and effort to, to help drive these programmes forward I think you know as, as they might have said even summer holiday programmes are, are a big issue for us you know to, for all our kids so during the school holidays they can come play and this is the first year they've run one for the the, the uh, the, the part of football kids so they've they've had a great time but you know it, it's important especially during the holidays um sc school holidays where a lot of young, other young people are along we feed them we give them lots of activities beyond football it's just all about making them feel as though you know there's somebody caring for them somebody looking after them and, and there's a home they can they can come to during the holidays when yeah you know, obviously they won't be able to go to school yeah and from a rangers point of view david i know you're you're very much in the in the, the academy setup you're in the the football side of things but it's such a big family, Rangers. It's got such a big reach globally um, in terms of fan base. It's it's a massive club, and, and we we know the kind of community outreach stuff that the Rangers charity do do. Um, we we spoke earlier um, to 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 Jordan Boyd about the the, the kind of uh, team top program that they run there about men's mental health, and that's a really pertinent issue. And I'm sure you you kind of see a lot of those issues seeping into your your young team as well, and your young players, and, and protecting them. And that community ethos at Rangers, that family ethos, is is huge, isn't it? It's massive, um, and I know how hard that he's obviously talking there about the community side and how hard Jordan and his team work to make sure we're um, very obviously in the, the community and, and there to support and, and help and guide. And listen, you know, you, you, talk, you spoke about mental health, it's such a, a topical subject and has been for a wee bit of time now. Um, and we know how easy it is for, for uh, these situations to take place and develop. And we obviously try and provide support to um, our, our players and family in that aspect of, of their development as well because. You just never know what's around the corner. We always try and keep our young players 
we actually involve, we try to involve them in the, the, the community as well. We take them into situations and environments where it's different for them. It's not football. Yeah. Uh, whether that be visiting the, the local hospitals to go and, you know, during, during Christmas time, obviously pre-COVID, that was very, very much a, a, a consistent thing that we did. We would go and we met some of the younger kids and families experiencing different situations or difficult situations in their life at this time. So I think it's important that we try and keep our young players um, not just about football, but but being part of the community and being out and with, being within the community as well and, and supporting, whether it be simple things like litter picking and things that just try and keep them humble and keep them grounded so that, you know, you know whatever happens in their life, they've still got that humbleness that, that um, keeps them grounded along the way. Yeah, just while we're talking about mental health, I don't know if um, I'd be able to bring you in here, Sam, but just from a, a changing room perspective in football with with players, is it something you've noticed as a as a you know a relatively young player in the last few years? Things have changed um, in terms of people are a bit more open about discussing these things. It is, it absolutely is. I mean, just going back to maybe when I was in my, my late teens and I was just breaking into playing men's football, if you will. I was at under twenties level and then went out on loan. And you know, when you go into these environments as a youngster, it, it's definitely challenging. It's difficult. You're you're going into an environment where there's a lot of masculinity and you're maybe not used to it. Um, but from then, I would say, especially in the last couple of years, and you know, it helps that you've got a lot of people within the media and big and sort of personalities that are talking about it and bringing light to the situation. That it's it's something that I've never felt more comfortable in a changing room before than the one that I do now. And I think that's also testament to the environment that you know the chairman and the gaffer have created for us as players that we can come out and we can talk about things. Um, there's no judging. Everyone's open to say what they want. It can all be done anonymously and, and it's a real open space and an mm-hmm. open environment, a real safe environment for everyone to say how they feel and if there's things that are, are bothering, that are affecting them, then, then they can because obviously we're only human and, and things will affect us across the course of a season. You know, if you're not playing, if you lose a game and, and you don't want one to become two and it to spiral on. So um, I do think that, that these days it's, I, I definitely feel like I could openly talk about mental health within the changing room environment more so than I ever could have done before. I can't, I think, sorry to interrupt, I think the, the point that Sam's making is huge, you know, obviously the step from academy or, or young kind of footballers taking it the, the, the men's environment is big and that support there, I mean, it's the best environment in the world, but it can be the most challenging environment at the same time. And as Sam's touched on, sometimes that's football scenarios that present that challenge. Um, but I think, you know, there's much more than that as well. I think you've also got the just general life that yeah. brings challenges that, that can mas- manifest itself into the football environment. But, and I think, you know, players talk more than ever now about how they feel. Um, we're very fortunate at the club that we have a, a player care team, which is very, you know, it's it's there for every you know side of a player's development, whether it be from a football side, but they won't judge them. Not they decide on football decisions. They're there to just help and support and listen and guide. Um, but they won't just restrict it to football. It could be any any scenario that's developing in the young person's life that that this team that we've got in place that that can help to guide and manage it. And, and it is very much you know kept private. It's it's a conversation. It's not to do with football. It's to do with just this team itself. Yeah. So we've got, we've got the mental health nurse. We've got the um, just general different positions within that that are there just for the that that side of an individual sort of challenges or, or situations. Sometimes it's used for not not for difficult moments, but for just to reinforce situations that are going well. But it's, it's a very important side of the game now that that we believe is is massively helped not just to play, but maybe just even sometimes families um, from within our club as well. So it's a massive step that, that, that our club's taken in that side. Yeah, I suppose Craig, it's it's you know as much as it's about safeguarding your players, as you know, as, as chairman, it's 
you can, as, as David sort of points out there, when things are going well, it's a, it's a way where you have these uh, open conversations about mental health. You can sort of allow things to keep going well for someone and, and to maybe spot things before they become big problems. Yeah, that's right. And that was one of the challenges about COVID, obviously, you know, because we weren't seeing the players regularly. Indeed, you know, we, we one player who, who suffered during COVID, and as a result, has had to retire very early from playing football. You know, we, and we wondered if 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 us, the support mechanism was, be, was able to be around him all the time. I thought would have been prevented. We'll never know, obviously. You know, so I think I think you know, and as David said. You know, the, the full-time teams like Rangers do a cracking job in, in terms of the amount of money and resources they invest in these things. We do our best with what we can do, which is that, you know, the, the three times a week we're together with the players uh, and in terms of creating an environment that they want to come and flourish and develop and enjoy themselves. Absolutely. Um, we're just going to move on now and have a little look at the football again. I've, I've uh, run through the fixtures already, but... Um, this season, um, with the launch of this this new podcast, the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast, myself and co-host uh, Jake Gray, who's not here at the moment, but we're going to hear from him in a little bit. We're doing a little bit of a, a, a predictions um, league um, for every round. So um, this week we are planning on um, looking at how many goals are going to be scored in round one from the 11 fixtures. So let's hear what we've got to say. And without further ado, here is Jake Gray sounding a little bit worse for wear. Hi everyone, Jake here. Sorry I can't be on the show today, unfortunately. I'm at home with COVID and feeling a little bit under the weather with it, but I'm looking forward to coming along and hosting with Callum in the near future. Um, so I did want to leave you without my prediction for the uh, goals scored in the first round of the trophy. So my prediction is 32. I think there's certainly some interesting ties in there with the B teams and the Highland and Lowland League uh, clubs facing off against each other so it'll be interesting to see um, what happens there and yeah 32 I think is is a good prediction I'm going to go with that there you go he's not sounding very good as he lads I mean <laughs> it sounds very very under the weather um, Jake's gone with 32 goals in round one from the 11 games so I, I think that's fair enough but I'm going to I'm going to go a little bit higher and I'm going to say I'm going to say 41 but um, we'll see how that gets on throughout the season we're kind of going head to head to find out um, who's got the better football knowledge but me being a St Murn fan and Jake being a Dunfermline fan, I don't think either of us know what real football looks like sometimes, so um, we'll, we'll soon see. But um, just looking at those fixtures, guys, I was just wondering, David, out with your own fixture, um, is there anything that, that, that stands out to you? I mean, I, I see Hearts are going to be in the in the Lowland League with you next season. It'll be interesting to see how their B team's shaping up, I suppose. Yeah, you obviously they take a step into the unknown to a certain degree as well. They've obviously seen the benefits that that, that we had last season um, and they'll be excited by this, this step in for them. Um Looking at the, I'm trying to pick out what I thought might be the kind of standout type ties. Uh, I think Bonnerig and Livingston have an interesting one. Obviously, Bonnerig taking the step up towards uh, League Two, they would see themselves in quite a, a strong position to continue to progress and develop through the early stages. Um, I'll try again. We played Elgin recently in a, a testimonial game to them against Dundee United, one interesting one as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of ties in there that the will not necessarily be straightforward as people might, might expect. There'll be maybe one or two surprises in there. But I think, uh, touching the goals, I think it'll be high score. I think there'll be a lot of goals in this. And I'd agree with you. I think there'll be more than 32. I'd be heading towards closer to 40. Um, Craig as well. I mean, uh, David touches on Bonnie Rig Rose there. I know that's a team that you would have came up against last season who, who've done really well and um, managed to get promoted into the into the SPFL. I take it they, they kind of act as a little bit of an inspiration when you see a, cl- a club doing that. You think, you know, we can we can do this as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, 
they, they ran away a bit with the league last year or, or just a bit stronger. But you know, we we took points off of them in one of the games on a day-to-day basis. That you know, game-to-game basis, we didn't think they were that much better. But what they had was a fantastic consistency. They've kept, I think, pretty much all their squad. So they've done really well in the, the League Cup so far. So, you know, I think they'll do well this year in, in the SPFL. Uh, League Two, where there's not, in the last couple of years, there's been teams like Cove and Kelty as well, who who have had a significant investment of resources. They've obviously been promoted now. So, yeah, we're wishing Bonnerig all the best. And you're right, that's what, you know, the, I, I, th- I think all the teams that have come up through Pyramid, when we won the League a couple of years ago, it was mm-hmm. Cove. Yeah. Who beat us? And you know, as I say, they've they've gone right up there and uh, with a couple of promotions and in the championship already. So I think I think it just shows that the pyramid should have been with us a long time ago. And, and, and let's hope everyone can work together to open it up a little bit more and make the, yeah. the ventilation through the, the levels that bit easier. That's just about all we've got uh, time for today. If you want to learn more about the SPFL Trust, check out their Facebook and Twitter, or visit www.spfltrust.org.uk forward slash trophy to learn more about the work they do and the SPFL Trust trophy itself. Also, following on from our discussion earlier in the show, if you are experiencing mental health problems or are concerned about someone, support is available. Visit samh.org.uk forward slash seeking dash support. And for more information about today's topics and our participants, you can look at the episode notes. Once again, guys, just want to say thank you all for coming on. Really appreciate it. And good luck for the rest of the season and the competition. Thank you. Thank you very much, Callum. This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast.